Frankism, a podcast that introduces new perspectives and experiences into the community consciousness and dialogue. By talking to people that represent various generations and walks of life, we, the community, are creating our own narrative. Our weekly conversations will reveal the truth about those interviewed, the issues they care about, and their view of the world. Who knows? One day it could be you, your issue, and your view. Storytelling is resistance. Let's get it, y'all. Now, as an educator, I can't do this without an objective in mind. So our objective? No. Our SMART goal for this and every week is that by the end of today's show, we will all learn something about ourselves and the world as we each see both and take an action step on a personal or collective level that reflects this learning. Let's get into it. Let's warm up. Question. Which social media platform is the best? Which allows the most connections, provides the most resources, allows for the most freedom of thought, lets folks flex as much as possible? The answer to that depends on who you ask and why. So I guess the better question is, which social media platform is the best for you? To be clear, this may narrow the scope of the question, but there's nothing to narrow the field of potential choices as each platform offers common aspects but allows for individualization to varying degrees. As for some basic statistics, let's look to the Pew Research Center because it's the Pew Research Center. According to an April 2019 report, YouTube and Facebook remain the top two most widely used social media sites at 73% and 69% respectively. Along gender lines, usage is tracked at 78% men and 68% women for YouTube and 63% men and 75% women for Facebook. As far as age, usage among those 30 to 49 years is 87% for YouTube and 79% for Facebook. Among U.S. adults who use Facebook, around three quarters, 74% visit the site at least once a day. The average user spends about 35 minutes on Facebook a day, and the average mean number of friends is 155. In terms of specific platforms, around three-fourths or more of both millennials and Gen Xers now report using Facebook, 84% versus 74% respectively. Boomers and Silence have both increased their Facebook use by double digits since 2015. In fact, the share of Silence using Facebook has nearly doubled in the past four years, from 22 to 37%. Two very interesting, or well, actually common sense findings. One, that social media users are more likely to interact with people who are different from them. Agreed. And two, older Facebook users are less likely to see their Facebook friends in person. As I think on it, it's this last finding I disagree with. Social media has long been debated for its effects on face-to-face social interactions. People seem more willing or emboldened, if you will, when in front of monitors, and social skills have tanked. I don't know that there's a direct correlation, but all coincidences aren't coincidences. Anyway, I have found social media has allowed for more connections as I'm forging associations via various platforms almost on a daily basis. The great part is that the only expectation is really encouragement and support, which is free, as Ayanna Ford of the Future Foundation would say. My most recently meaningful social media connections have been established via Facebook, in particular through membership in the Black Lesbian Love Lab private group. This group is but one facet of the Black Lesbian Love Lab, which started as a blog by Zamara Perry. Today, we talked to Zamara about what drives her, the importance of Black Lesbian Love Lab and similar spaces, and how she feels about opportunities for live connections they provide.
here we go. Zamara Perry is the founder and editor of the Black Lesbian Love Lag blog, which showcases black lesbian relationships. She also runs a private Facebook group for women who are seeking to make connections with other like-minded women in a safe space, and she coaches women on dating wisely. For many years, she knew that love was integral to a life well-lived and until her mid-20s never pursued love with a woman in real life. Once she did, she never turned back. She became convinced that the love stories of black women in love were just as valuable, authentic, and uplifting as any others. That's the reason she started this blog. Z is passionate about black love and sharing black lesbian stories. She also writes a column for the blog called Z Speaks. In this column, she breaks down everything from her dating nightmares to love lessons learned to advice you should take to her thoughts on the gay rights movement. She also does a Facebook live show every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. at www.facebook.com forward slash black les L-E-Z, love lab. She loves mangoes, cats, reading, cooking, and writing the blog. She wants to hear from you, so don't be shy. Send her a message. Here's our interview with Zamara Perry. Um, good morning, Zamara Perry. How are you? I'm great. Good morning, Frank. How are you? I'm I'm wonderful. And I say good morning this afternoon as a mug. It's one o'clock. So <laughs> good afternoon. Um, can you tell the listeners maybe a little about yourself that wasn't included in the bio? Oh man, where do I start? I am a graduate of the University of Maryland College Park. Not many people know that. I went to a journalism school there. I am originally from Jamaica, born there. I came to the United States when I was 13. And my favorite addiction snacks are Cheetos. Uh, uh, the, uh, the crunchy Cheetos or the cheese puffs? The puffs, oh, of course. Oh, come on, man. You got to go with the crunchies. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll let you have that. I'll let you have that. Um, I, I, too, graduated from Maryland, so fear the turtle. Hey, testudo. Um, you know? You know? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's start with this. What inspires you, Zanara? Wow. That's a big question. Love actually inspires me. Um, I think we're all searching for it. We definitely need it. Um, but a lot of us just don't know how to hold on to it. So I have um, always been inspired, always learning, trying to figure out, you know, what is love? How do we keep it? How do we nurture it? How do we find it? And um, I'm an avid self-taught autodidactic when it comes to learning about love hmm. i like that love i like that a lot so was it this um with love was that the inspiration for starting the blog itself absolutely um i started black lesbian love lab.com in april 2014 i actually had been talking about doing something along the lines of a blog um, focusing on relationships between Black women who love women um, for quite a while. Um, I remember having this conversation with um, my first official girlfriend. And every once in a while when we connect, she'll remind me that it was her idea or that we were <laughs> together <laughs> when that idea was birthed. <laughs> So yes, absolutely. 
love inspired it. Um, losing love actually is probably a more accurate way of describing why I started the blog. I had ended a relationship um, that meant a great deal to me. And I was kind of like at a point where I was like, what now? Mm-hmm. And how do I go about healing and um, you know, moving on from this relationship? And who do I talk to about that? Who can understand? Because at the time I had a lot of straight friends mm-hmm. and a lot of religious friends. And so I just didn't find, I didn't think that I, I didn't feel safe having these conversations with them. And mm. so I just started kind of, you know, writing an online diary. <laughs> right. That's what happened. Okay. Well, how easy was it? Was it to be willing to share that? You know, like, I mean, you said like online diary. Most folks wouldn't say, hey, let's do it online. How easy was that to share, to be willing and open to share that with whoever would log in to, to, to look at that? So... To be honest, when I first started it, I really had no intention of it growing to where it is now. Mm. And uh, love, again, has been an inspiration for growing it the way that it's grown over the years. But um, it was it was easy because at first I intended it to be completely anonymous. Mm. <laughs> you know, I have a pen name. Zamar is my pen name. And I... Um, you know, just wanted to write kind of anonymously about what I was feeling. And I didn't want to feel restricted, even though I did share it with people who knew me. Okay. Um, you know, of course I didn't share everything, but what I got from people was that, oh yeah, I totally understand this. This is something that I dealt with and I'm glad to have someone else, um, you know, able to articulate what I've been going through. And so it became easier as time goes on to be more authentic Right. Um, but you know, with authenticity and transparency, it can be difficult because there that opens you up to judgment and criticism. Right. Have you experienced some of that? Or oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just all part of human nature, and you know, over you know, of course, I'm human, so sometimes like I feel offended or hurt or whatever, but. Right. At the same time, I sometimes get excited because I'm like, oh, good. (laughs) Thank you for sharing this different perspective with me that I perhaps didn't think through, you know, with my limited point of view when writing this or discussing this this particular topic. Okay, Um, that's an interesting point, because I want to in thinking, you know, through um, why I thought it was important to have this interview, I find that you're very knowledgeable and in, in, in what you say it, it's, it's genuine. I know it comes from a place, you know, not just your experiences, but the experiences of others, I guess you've integrated throughout um, your time doing this. How easy for you or how, what, what is it? What is the experience like, you know, when you open an email and someone's like asking for your advice, like your genuine advice about their real life issues? Because like I said, like I listening to podcasts and things like that. And I, I listen to the questions that people ask and I'm thinking, well, they're not like a doctor or anything. So, you know, like, what, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, so like how, how, like, how, like, what, what is that experience like? Because I mean, I, I trust your, your insight. So, you know, what, what is that? What, what, what's that like for you? So I am definitely not a, a doctor. I don't have a counseling background. I'm just an avid, um, observer of human nature. Right. And, um, when I get, 
messages from people, most of the time, I feel extremely concerned. (laughs) (laughs) I feel very concerned because most of the time people write me, they're in a lot of pain. Right. They're suffering. And, you know, often I just say, you know, I can get feedback from other people if you want. Right. Um, and I can definitely provide, you know, some level of coaching because a lot of things you don't necessarily need to, I feel like coaching and therapy go hand in hand. Um, therapy can be an extremely long, um, drawn out process. It's about, you know, getting to know yourself and uncover certain wounds, but I also feel like coaching kind of helps people get a lot of clarity really fast. Yeah. And so um, whenever I get these messages from folks, I'll sometimes send them to coaching or to therapy. Um, But, you know, I try to be very honest and let people know that. And sometimes here's the thing, Frank, some people don't want to go to therapy or go to a coach. They want to talk to me because they feel like, okay, this person has been where I have been. And so it's that level of familiarity that, you know, they're not going to immediately establish with another person that they don't know. So like I said, my main concern is concern. I'm really, my main response is concern because I'm worried about people's well-being. I want people to be healthy. I want them to be whole. And so if someone is writing in, you know, I, I'm immediately trying to find a solution for them. And um, sometimes they just want to be heard. You know, it's just, I just want someone to listen to me because I also know a lot of these women don't really have close friends who they trust to share their true selves with because there's this fear of being judged. And so um, just reaching out to somebody who they feel like understands them um, is an important part of their healing journey. And so I try to find a way to, to, you know, immediately help as much as possible. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And again, I, I do trust your insight as well. I may not email, Thank you. but I listen. <laughs> um, so in thinking about the, um, like the online, the, the Facebook group and the private community, um, I, like I, I know I've messaged you a few times. Like I, I'm just digging it. Like it, it, it just, it, it adds something that I don't even know if I knew I was missing or, or, or if I even thought. I don't know. I, I just didn't think the experience would be as fulfilling as it has been. Um, what has been, what has been your, I guess your, your feedback from others, you know, in, in, in that aspect of it. So blacklesbianlovelab.com has multiple social um, channels. And mm-hmm. so we have our most popular channels are like Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Um, however, those are all public platforms. And so, um, over the years, people have asked for a closed community, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to do just another Facebook group. You know, Facebook is amazing. There's a lot of ways that you can connect with people, and there are lots of great tools that I love about Facebook. But, you know, there's like a million <laughs> lesbian or queer groups online. I'm in a million of one of them. So, yeah, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to have that to, be, to do another thing. So I decided to create a space um, that is secret. And it's paid. It's a very, you know, the the fee is is nominal, but it's where we have more intentional conversations, um, where we bring in um, experts, where we're able to maybe, 
have more opportunities for authentic connections, um, authentic introspection, um, and just real conversations about the things that we're struggling with and, you know, where we are in life. I think a lot of us, I know for a fact, a lot of us wear masks in real life. And I'm not saying that the Facebook group is like some, you know, um, a perfect place with people, everybody being completely honest and open and, you know, cause people are people and right. fear is a big motivating factor with, uh, for why we don't reveal ourselves. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason why I'm so open um, or try to be open is that I know it encourages other people to not worry so much about being judged. And so to answer your question, a lot of the time people tell me that it's been a really um, important tool in their emotional growth. Um, it's really helped them, um, you know, see things very differently. Um, it's helped them take their self-care very seriously because that's a big thing that we we advocate. We have like a, you know, we, we regularly, most of our discussions always go back to, even though it's a relationship, we have a relationship focus, really a lot of our relationship ills stem from ourselves. Um, and people will say, you know, this was life changing, or this has really helped me go back to myself, or I really feel very safe in this group. And those are sort of the responses that people, that I've heard, most common ones that I've heard. I mean, I've even heard this one woman say, you know, being in this group really changed my life because she was in an abusive relationship and didn't really realize it until she joined the group. And we, mm. you know, we have various topics that we we focus on from time to time. We'll delve deeper into. And she said, I realized that. So I ended the relationship and got into therapy because we encourage therapy all the time because a Facebook group is not a replacement for, you know, one-on-one intense healing. Right. And, um, you know, she started being healthier, eating healthier. So we get, you know, or at least I, I hear re- pretty regularly stories similar to that from people who have joined the private community. Nice. I like that. Again, add my, my story to that bucket. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, the, we were on the other night um, for the happy hour, I'm kind of at the end of it, we were kind of hanging around and someone chimed in, uh, a friend, you know, had chimed in and you said you all hadn't talked in a while. And it kind of made me yes. think about um, all, like all of the names I see that are kind of like regular names and then, well, become, be, have become regular to me since I have been a part of the group. And you know, how what, I guess what that experience has been, like how have the dynamics of the group, I, I guess, kind of changed or morphed since you started the group? Oh man. I mean, it's a living entity. So, you know, made up of many living entities. So change is constant. Um, you know, when I first started the group back in 2017, um, the woman who came on was actually like one of my first members. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) And she lives in Australia. So I was amazed, um, that, uh, that she joined number one. Uh, and number two, that she stayed as long as she did. Um, so yeah, the group has definitely changed. It's always exciting when new people come in and like inject new energy. What I love are the people who just make it their own. They have fun in the group. You know, they, they share resources with others because they really care or they've been helped by this particular resource. Um, it's just morphed a lot over the years, but overall it's the constant that has remained. It is, it is a safe, loving, but challenging place 
for black women who love women, um, you know, the goal is always, you know, we're going to treat each other with respect and love. And, um, if someone's not doing that, then, um, they know <laughs> that somebody's going to say something, either a fellow member or a moderator or something is going to gently say, Hey, you know, can we look at this differently or can we try this differently? Um, but it's been, it's been fun. Like I said, getting to know all these different people, different personalities. Some people are very shy. So you'll never see them in the group or the woman in Australia, she's in a busy, um, part of her career right now. So she'll, you know, she won't be on very, very often, but I hear from them, you know, behind the scenes, they're not always going to be, you know, as extroverted as some of the other folks in our group. Right. It, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool dynamic to be a part of. Um, and it's like an instant support system. For yeah, real, for I'm glad real. you think of it that way. That's definitely what the intention of it was. Yeah. I mean, I think people just come at it from the standpoint of, well, for me, um, you know, this is why I came here, you know, so this is, you know, why I would believe others came too, right? You know, you, you, needed, yeah. that, you needed that extra layer of support in some way, shape or form. So, yes, I dig yes, it. Yes. I dig it. But I am glad that you specifically mentioned um, it being a space for black lesbians, um, because as I said, um, that is, you know, what what these conversations are about. Um, so what do you see as outside of just the fact that you yourself are a black lesbian? Um, why do you think that that make that focus is important? So, you know, it's it's interesting being a part of a super minority <laughs> because when you're a part of a super minority, very few resources are dedicated to your healing and awareness and growth. Mm. And so, you know, while a lot of the things that there are a lot of resources that just apply to human nature overall and human relationships and definitely can be um, utilized, you know, for someone who is a black woman who loves women, black queer woman, a black lesbian woman, um, bi or pansexual, whatever it is, whatever your yes. orientation is. Um, very few of those resources feel like they're meant for you, mm. for us. Okay. Because most of the time they're not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so um, that's, that's one of the reasons why, I feel like this is an important community to have. Very few people are speaking to us who understand our unique life experiences. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that um, that perspective. I agree. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. Sad but true. Sad but true. Well, yeah. Sad, true, but. Um, with more more focus on it and, and more um, awareness, then you know you have spaces like these um, becoming more and more visible, so yeah. accessible. Um, yes, absolutely. So. I love that you use the word accessible. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we are we are actually at you know towards the end of the formalized portion. So why don't um. Going from that, when we make this 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 last formal question, what do you want the legacy um, of um, this group to be? Well, I'm already seeing, you know, that legacy unfold, but it's really um, people 
being more in black women who love women, being more in tune with themselves, be more self-aware, more connected with themselves, um, more in love yes. with themselves. That's it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. More in love with me. I dig it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. You're welcome. Um, okay. So that does conclude the formal um, portion of the interview. Let's move to uh, more or less formal endeavors here. What I need from you, <laughs> <laughs> I need from you five numbers between one and 69. Five numbers. Okay. How about one? Okay. Um, 13. Okay. 35. Okay. Um, 48. 48. And let's go with 69. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now I need one more number between 1 and 26. Um, let's go with 18. 18. All right. So. Those are the questions you're going to ask me, huh? <laughs> yeah. So question number one. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite cuisine? Oh, my. I am passionate about Indian food. Ooh. Yeah, but, uh, yeah all that greasy yumminess. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Are right, you a favorite meal? Um, I actually really love, um, oh goodness, what is it called? I'm, I'm blanking now. You know, the spinach concoction that has their, um, cheese in it. Can't remember what it's called. Sag paneer. Sag paneer. Okay. I'm gonna take your word for it. Yes. That's what it's, called. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I also love samosas. Oh, okay. That's not a dish, but you know, that's just a little side thing that they offer a little fried dumpling that they have, which is really good. I do actually like samosas. So. Yeah. All right. Number 13. Oh, (laughs) if you were to host a cooking show, who would be your co-host? Oh, man. Let me think that through. Because I do love cooking. I do enjoy cooking shows, but I I very rarely watch TV. So I can't even think right now. Who would it be? Um, It could be anybody. The person? I'm sorry? It could be anybody. Anybody you choose. Okay, great. It would be my one of my good friends, Brie. I think she'd be an awesome co-host because she's also a big foodie and um, we are supposed to be cooking together and we never do, but that's the whole, the dream is out there. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, throw some hot dogs in that dream and we'll, we'll get it working. <laughs> All right. Question 35. Who is your celebrity lookalike? Oh, that's a great question. So, I don't personally believe this, but I have been told that I look like Kimber, Kimberly Elise. You remember the woman who's in, yes. you know, woman? Yes! Yeah. Yes! Do you actually agree with that? Y- yes! <laughs> I can see that. Yes. Okay. okay. I can't see it, but I've been told that, so, okay. Okay. you know. Forty-eight. What band would you be embarrassed to admit you listen to? Oh my gosh, there's so many. But I don't really have any embarrassment. Okay, let me think through. Um, there was this band from Canada that everybody hates that I really like, and I can't remember their names right now. Oh my God. Everyone makes fun of them. They're like in all the funny memes about why they, how much they suck. Oh, okay. uh, Nickelback. Oh my God. 
I love this is what you remind me of. Hey, Come on, man. What I really yeah. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I really like that song. Yes. <laughs> I love Nickelback as well. It's okay. All right. And question. Six. We both have bad taste, Frank, is what I'm understanding right now. Bad taste in music. <laughs> I, I, let, let's call it alternative taste. That's all right. All right. All right. Question 69. What physical activity relaxes you the most? Ah, walking. I love to walk in nature. So most of my, every, most days I take a walk in the mornings. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. And our last question, question 18. If you could only wear one type of shoes for the rest of your life, what type of shoes would would you wear? Flip flops. Okay. They're terrible for my feet. I have really crazy high arches. They don't offer no support, but I still love them. You're going to have to work on these morning walks if you're going to walk in flip-flops, but okay. Basically, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, well, that uh, concludes today's interviews. Amara Perry, again, I want to thank you very, very, very much. Thank you. I really I had a lot of fun. Thank you. I really appreciate you... Um, you know, inviting me to participate. This was great. Enjoyed it. And I wish you a lot of luck with this endeavor. I can't wait for this to come out so that I can share it in the group. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, um, you know, before we finish, is there anything you want to mention, plug, push, promote, anything? No, no. I mean, I, I, uh, not at this point. You know, join the group if you'd like to. It's a great community. If you are a black woman who loves women, you don't have to be a lesbian. You can be bi or pansexual or whatever. Um, you know, but uh, I think if, if people would like to join the group, I'd love to have you. You can find, uh, you can join the group by going to community.blacklesbianlovelab.com. When you go there, you will get access to a free ebook on communication. And, um, and then it'll take you to our checkout page where you can learn, you can check out and actually sign up for the membership. So we'd love to have new members always, always open to new people. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Frank. All right. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. I want to thank Zamara Perry for joining us this week. I mean, what I said about the support Black Lesbian Love Lab provides, and I'm confident in saying that this is a direct correlation to its leadership. Or if you've been in one of the meetings, it's moderators. <laughs> All right, let's get to our independent practice. How do we apply today's lesson to our lives, our community, and the world? Well, I don't know about you, but here I go. So what resonated with me out of what Zamara said is her response to what inspires her. She said she was inspired by love, especially by losing it. And having that, what now thought? I won't say that love inspires me, but I have always believed in love, no matter what. So, I have not one, but two ex-wives. Yes, two. My first ex-wife and I met while I was bartending at a nightclub. We were young and learning, ourselves, each other, and the world. My second ex-wife and I met on the first PD day of the school year when we both worked for the same school system. Our relationship remains to this day, as Facebook would put it, 
complicated. I'm not really going to go deep into particulars, but I will say that although I do believe in love and have always believed in love and believe there's love out there for everybody, I have not always known what to do with the love I receive. Hence, two. Ex-wives. <laughs> there are many reasons for my lack of understanding of love, but the main reason stems from a lack of a true sense of belonging. I've not always felt loved, at least in the way that it felt comfortable to me. As a result, I've always felt alone, disconnected, everywhere, in every situation, often in spaces where folks think I'm extremely engaged and confident. As with my marriages, I won't get into deep into the whys of it all. I will say, however, that my experiences have informed my views of, shaped who I show up as during, and guided my actions in and out of relationships. Again, hence, two ex-wives. You see, I've always been on the hard press, always willing to do and then go the extra mile in effort, I guess to show why I should be loved, why there were many reasons to love me. That shit is fucked up. You do too much, you give too much, you give more of yourself than you have to. Not that we should limit or have to manage what we give in the relationship. No, you give so much of yourself that you don't realize that you're constantly pouring into and becoming emptier and emptier and not being poured back into. Well, eventually you get to a point where that's no longer acceptable and you seek opportunities to be your truly authentic self and receive love based upon that version, the true version of you. You learn discernment. If folks' energy ain't right for you, if their words ain't right for you, if their actions ain't backing up either, keep on moving. Keep on moving, don't stop. No. Really, you, or, you know, I deserve love in the way that best suits me. Although I've known this, I've only recently begun to really lean into this understanding. Again, I have to say that the Black Lesbian Love Lab has been a part of this most recent deeper understanding. I felt like I belonged since joining. Members are supportive and funny and sensitive and inquisitive and warm and insightful and a myriad of other adjectives. As I told Zamara, it's like an automatic additional layer of support. I felt apart from the very start. I'm a poet and I bet y'all didn't know it. <laughs> but what I know is that love, or another round of love, is out there for me, although it may not be exactly as I thought it would be at this point in my life. The mission hasn't changed, but the vision has. After all, your vision changes as you grow older anyway, literally and metaphorically. So, before I end, to my two exes, if you should happen to hear this, you know me. So you know what I mean. My bad. My bad. I should have been better. I should have done better. I was an absolute ass at times, and I know that. But relax. Don't get ahead of yourself because you, Gemini's, gemini the hell out of this Aquarian. Whew. But. If you should happen not to hear this, I got nothing but love for you, baby. Always have, always will. Alright, that's what I got. What you got? Let's take a break so you can think on it.
seven things in five minutes to be added to the list of Frank's 10,000 dope things about the world. I love reality TV. I'm sure visions of screaming women in bedroom cams and the most ratchet behavior imaginable come to mind. Stop. I love competition reality TV. You know, those shows where folks start with nothing and have to create something, whatever that may be. These shows inspire me and give me ideas of new things I'd like to learn. So, this week's seven competition reality TV shows in no particular order are... 1. Nailed it! This is a baking show on Netflix. It's like Worst Cooks in America, only for bakers. Competitors have to recreate some cake masterpiece that naturally they don't. (laughs) Add to that the main host who is intentionally awkward, the French co-host who often helps in French, which none of the competitors speak, and a guest co-host that very rarely makes sense. Hilarious ain't the word. Number two, The Great British Baking Show. Another Netflix show about bakers, only these bakers can actually bake. And they're British, so they bake with manners. Two very proper British judges, along with the intended-to-be-engaging host, walk around and discuss techniques and intentions with participants. There's not much humor, but there's cultural baking knowledge. I dig it. Number three, Final Table, yet another Netflix show. This is an internationally themed team cooking competition show. Professional teams representing, I think, about 10 countries from around the world compete in weekly competitions where they have to create dishes from designated countries and cuisines. And the judges each week are world-renowned chefs in those particular cuisines. The people on the culinary scene that you are introduced to are phenomenal. Such as a guy named Grant Ashatz, I believe his last name is. A-C-H-A-T-Z. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great, 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 great. Number four, Skin Wars, Fresh Paint. Yes, this is a Netflix show, but it's not about cooking. Skin Wars is a body painting competition where competitors paint works of art based on different themes and sets of guidelines. Skin Wars Fresh Paint is the spinoff, where Skin Wars winners mentor artists from industries outside of body painting, like, say, tattooing or graffiti artists or uh, 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 automobile body painters. Right? They mentor them in body painting competitions based on similar themes and guidelines. So one recent episode description reads, a group of graffiti artists express their personal street styles, then paint pieces inspired by the seven deadly sins and a zombie apocalypse. The seven deadly sins and the zombie apocalypse. Come on, man. Five, Forged in Fire. This history channel show is about bladesmiths that compete to create blades from forging the metal to industrial usage in just two rounds. They, the final round consists of the final two bladesmiths creating a historic sword in the same manner. They have to make blades like those described as things as a Damascus steel ladder pattern. What is that? I don't know. Sometimes they have to forage for the materials they use to forge. Like recently when they had to break down a barber's chair to find a part to use as a canister 
to then put parts of a barber's tools into to melt and forge their steel. Oh my goodness. Right? And then the final swords are used to do these crazy things like bang on barrels and steel plates and cutting through boars. <laughs> cutting through boars. Right? Love it. Number six, The Butcher, also on the History Channel. This show features, you guessed it, butchers that compete to break down one animal, like a cow or a goat or a wild boar. Then, in a speed round, produce a specified number of meat products that meet certain requirements, like quarter-pound burgers or perfect sausage links. And finally, break down an exotic animal, like, I believe they broke down an anaconda. You know, into the to the number and variety of cuts that will yield the most profit. Man, what you learn, y'all should see me cutting along the spine now. <laughs> Woo! And number seven. Blown away. Yes, this is a Netflix show. It is about the best in the world at blowing glass. I have. Never ever thought that I would think blowing glass was interesting, but is it? Again, competitors create glass art based upon theme challenges. In one, artists had to use a picture as motivation, and one man created like a piece within a piece, representing him and his son. And another, the theme was nature, and one artist created the scene when potatoes grow old and have bulbs growing out of them. Potatoes. Spoiler alert. She won. This is a beautiful show. So, that's my seven things in five minutes to be added to the list of Frank's 10,000 dope things about the world. What are your seven? So, let's close this week out. Your forever homework is to hashtag build your table. Find the best space and place for you to affect change. Lean into it and create opportunities for others to do the same. Now, tell me about it. As an educator, I have an open door policy. Get at me on email at bfrankism at gmail.com. That's the letter B, F-R-A-N-K-I-S-M at gmail.com web at www.blatantfrankism.com that's www.thelettabblatantfrankism.com and on facebook twitter and instagram at blatant frankism that's the letter b l-a-t-a-n-t-f-r-a-n-k-i-s-m as for the powerball we didn't win last week but we'll keep playing today's powerball numbers are one 13, 35, 48, 69, and 18. If you win, pay it forward or put it back into the community. I want to thank my sponsor, Crafty Nubian Sister. Remember, if you need some gear for an affair you got coming up, you know, a family reunion, a trip, a function, anything where you want to look like the folks you're with, 
or provide some folks with some paraphernalia. Get at Crafty Nubian Sister on Facebook. That's C-R-A-F-T-E-E. N-U-B-I-A-N-S-I-S-T-A-H. Crafty Nubian Sister on Facebook. And if you want to be a sponsor or know of another entity that would, please contact Today and always, don't forget to check on somebody. And if you need somebody to check on you, let them know. Alright, that's it for this week. Get at me. Thank you.